0: Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Whoa. What just happened? Oh, okay. Mike's telling me I need to adjust this. Good? All right. Good morning. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever seen uh, a kid's basketball game, like a little kid's basketball game, third grade and under? I think we have a slide of that. So uh, what, can, what do you notice when you look at this picture? What, what can you tell me? about this yeah they're all all, they're all trying to get the ball yeah anything else yeah there's no rules they're just doing whatever they want yeah and then we have uh, I think it looks like Eli on the corner over there uh, trying trying to get the ball so if you if you've ever seen um, if you ever seen little kids play basketball it's actually kinda funny because they they play every man for themselves so if the ball goes all the way to the left they'll all run to the left and try to get the ball. Or if the ball goes all the way to the right, they'll all run to the right and try to get the ball. And it doesn't matter what team they're on. It's like every person for themselves. You could be on any team. They just want to get the ball and shoot it, right? So it's kind of funny to watch. It's like they're all about themselves, and they just want to get the ball to shoot it in. But in contrast to that, um, if you watch an NBA game, I also have a picture of an NBA game. We have uh, the, tr- the, th- the trio right here. So, uh, <laughs> so we have some Knicks fans here. So, so when you see uh, an, a professional NBA game, it's totally different, right? There might be some ball hogs, but when you see them work together and they play together, it's like an orchestra. It's almost like they have one mind. And they have one body. They're all working together. They're passing to each other. They're passing behind their, their, their backs, and they know when to catch it. They all know each other's plays. They all know each other's skills. They can alley-oop at the right time, at the right moment. It's pretty amazing. They're, they're in one mind, one body. One, uh, it's, it's like this orchestra that's magically happening. It's totally different from watching little kids play, right? Because you see, these kids, when they're playing they don't see the big picture of what they're doing. They don't see the big picture of the bigger goal. They think it's every person for themselves because they think that their purpose comes from their personal performance or their personal satisfaction. And in children, you know, we know it's a sign of immaturity, right? Every every kid for themselves, it's a sign of immaturity. It's, It's human nature. If I were to take a kid on a team and say, Hey, little Billy, uh, what I 'm going to ask you to do today is don't try to shoot. Don't try to get in it at all. All you're going to do is just pass it to someone else so that they can get in. How do you think they'll feel? They'll feel like they'll, they'll lose motivation, they, they'll, they'll lack purpose. But building a team as a whole is a very, very challenging and complex task. It's very challenging, because everyone has different skills. Everyone has different personalities. Everyone has different uh, gifts. And each person has to develop their skills and practice with each other and understand each other and and work together to sacrifice for the larger goal. You see, people struggle with the lack of purpose. People struggle with the lack of purpose because we want to find our purpose in ourselves as individuals. But we really live out our purpose And we really live out our purpose and understand our purpose. When we use our gifts, not just alone, but with others in community for a larger goal. That's when we really understand our purpose. So over the last few weeks, uh, does anyone know what Omar's been talking about? Remember? Sanctification, right? So Omar's been talking about sanctification. Which means to be separated uh, from sin, to be separated to God for his purposes. So sanctification means to be separated away from sin, to be separated to God for God's purposes. So what are these purposes um, that, that, that we've talked about? What are these purposes to, to become mature? And we say here at the plant that uh, God's purpose for our life is to know him and to make him known, right? And what does this look like? What does this look like to make him known? Well, it means... To, to build the church, the body of Christ. And wh- what I mean by that is I don't mean that uh, you know, we're trying to build a physical church or the plant church or the reformed church or the Catholic church. We're building the church which is the body of Christ. Because when you make him known, people become a part of that body. And that's his church. But the good thing to know is that God didn't leave us alone in this task. God didn't leave us alone in this task to build this church because uh, he knew we can do it alone. So what did he do? He gave us some gifts, all right? He gave us gifts. And that's what we're going to talk about. He gave us gifts to build this church. So I thought it would be really inappropriate if I talked about gifts without giving you all some gifts, right? How does that sound, right? So I'm sorry, I don't have gifts for all of you, but I have gifts for about five of you. And uh, we put all your names in a computer, and uh, based on the middle two digits of your social security number, if they were prime numbers, and the last letter of the hometown of your paternal great-grandmother, we pick five individuals. And uh, Omar's going to pass those gifts out right now. And don't get excited, this is not the Oprah show, it's not keys to a car or uh, an iPad or or anything like that, so... uh, some of them are breakable so so you just want to keep an eye on some of those kits. All right. So you got a gift. Yeah. So Tom, all right, We got Tom got a gift. What was the other 4 4297? Four, right. <laughs> Jersey, we got a gift. Okay. How, how, how long have you make them believe that we're uh, All right. All right, let's take a look. So let's see uh, let's see what are in these gifts. We hope it's something uh, useful. So, so yeah, right there. I think that's fine. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, Patrick, what's in your gift? Do you have anything uh, useful in there? glass. Oh, glass. Okay. All right. That's good. Thanks. Great. Good, good. All right, Tom, is there anything uh, good in there? The got, got a bottle of water? Okay. All right. Okay. Don't open it. Don't open it. <laughs> Just keep it. Okay. Uh, who else got a gift? Someone? Ted, you got a gift? Uh, what, what's, what's in your gift? Can you hold it up for us? Concentrated lemon. Oh, concentrated lemon. Anything else? Oh, you got a real lemon. All right, that's even better. Uh, who else? Jersey, what did you get? You got a spoon. Yeah, what a thoughtful gift that is, right? Very nice, yeah. And uh, how about Pat? Oh, you got sugar packets. Okay. All right. Sorry, these aren't the, the, the greatest gifts, but they'll have to do for now. All right. So we'll get back to those gifts. Don't eat them or use them. Just hold on to them. All right? So this morning, we're going to look at a passage in the Bible that speaks about the gifts that God Gave his church that Christ gave his church, and there are so many gifts in the New Testament that Paul talks about. But we're going to talk about five specific gifts he gave to the church for equipping the church and the body of Christ. Um, so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven through sixteen. Ephesians four eleven through sixteen. I will read that. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will be no longer, uh, no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his, tr- of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy And growing and full of love. So, what Paul is saying is that when you come to Christ, you become part of his body. You become part of his church, who has a purpose of living out the Great Commission. And when you're part of this church, you're given gifts to use. And these gifts are used to equip believers. And when the church is equipped what happens is the church becomes mature it, it becomes unified and it allows the gospel of Christ to go out representing who Jesus really is You see Paul along with the early church they believed that these gifts were to be used not just by the people that were ordained not just uh, the pastors me Robin Omar or the priests or or the or the leaders that these gifts were, were given to everyone in the church and we, were, we are all to use them to partner in the gospel. We all have this responsibility, not just be ordained. So we're all called to develop these gifts and use them for the service of the church. And these gifts were not to work independently, but they were supposed to be dependent on each other to fit together with each other for the building of the church. So we're going to look at some of these gifts And uh, just to note, I'm sharing all of Rob's material, so he gets all the credit. But uh, we will go a little bit more in depth throughout the year. So uh, the first gift is the apostle. Can you put that up, Mark? So the apostle. So this is a cool word, apostle. So, apostle is someone who is sent out, someone who is sent out for a purpose, for something. Uh, So it's one that's commissioned. And we know that Jesus commissioned his disciples to go out and to make disciples, right? To go out and, and preach the commandments and to make disciples. So an apostle is someone that goes out, that leaves the center and goes out to a new area to bring the gospel. So an apostle is someone that's always looking for new opportunities. They're always looking for new opportunities where no ministry exists. They have a pioneering spirit. They're an entrepreneurial spirit trying to take the gospel to a place where it has not been. Maybe this could be like a church planter or a missionary. Someone that, that's excited about leaving. The, the apostle is a person in your MC that that, that, doesn't wanna, that, that's, that gets antsy and doesn't want to stay in the group. They just want to go out. They're like, come on, why are we staying here? We need to go out and go do something. So that's the apostle. The next is the prophet. Okay? So the prophet is a messenger of God, the messenger of God. And what the prophet does is he reminds people, the people around them, of God's covenant with them and calls them into obedience with what God is telling uh, the people to do. So do you guys remember any prophets, especially from the Old Testament? Any uh, names? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah, so these are some of the the prophets from, from the Old Testament. So... The prophets ask two questions. They ask, what is the nature of God? And then how shall we live in this time and place? They're the ones that are always discontent with what's going on. And they always want to call people back to the heart of God. They're motivated by the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love others. They're the ones maybe in your MC or in your community that's like, hey, we need to to just take a second to stop and to worship and pray and to listen to God And and they're the ones that motivate the church to not follow what culture is saying, but to follow what God is telling us to do. So while the apostle is the one that's always going out into new frontiers, leaving the group, trying to take the gospel to the new place, the prophet is the one calling people back into obedience with God and his message for the people. All right, so next we have... The evangelist, right? The evangelist. So an evangelist is the messenger of good news. So evangelist basically means someone that brings good news, which is the message of Christ. And we know the gospel message that Jesus came, the Son of God came to die on the cross for us, and, and we can have eternal life with him and and, and purpose and, and the Holy Spirit with us, and that's a message of the gospel. And the evangelist it, what, what makes him different is, is he has a desire or he, she has a desire to want to reconcile people to Christ. They can, get, they can be out anywhere. I can see some of you here. You guys are, Some of you are evangelists. You can be out anywhere. You can be in the store. You can be working out in the gym. You could be in the bathroom. But you can have conversations with people. And somehow, some way, you get the conversation to a place where you just want them to know how much Christ loves them. And uh, you share with them this message of salvation. So, just to review, while the apostle is constantly leaving and going into new frontiers, and the prophet is listening to God and calling people into obedience with God, the evangelist is the one that, that has a desire to see people come to faith and, and wants to, to reconcile people to Christ's message by letting them know how much he loves them. Alright? Next, we have... The pastor, all right, the pastor. Um, What's another word for pastor? Does anyone know? Pastor really means what? Shepherd, right? So the pastor means shepherd. We know that Jesus is the good shepherd. He was the one that took care of his sheep and his disciples. He developed them. He nurtured them. He protected them. And uh, I have a friend named Ralph, a, a Jewish friend of mine. He lives a few doors down from me. And whenever I see him, he asks me, so Jeremy, how's your flock doing? And he says that because he knows, because he knows I'm a pastor. So I need, so I need to take care of my flock. He asks them if, if they're all staying together, if they're all running around. I see, I, I, try, I try to do the best that I can. They're running, they're running around. <laughs> I'm trying to scatter them together. So the pastors or the shepherds are the ones that 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 try to keep the sheep together. They're the ones that want to nurture their development. They're the ones that are concerned about the, the health of the flock. They're the ones that throughout the week you could be at work and on your mind you're thinking about someone in your MC or your group that's suffering or going through something and you want to give them a call. And, and you're concerned about their welfare and you have compassion and, and, and emph- empathy for them. So while the apostles are going out, the shepherds are concerned about the flock and the immediate needs rather than thinking about, okay, what's the next greatest uh, frontier that needs to be that, that's out there? And the shepherds are different from the prophets in that the prophets want to call people to obedience to God and challenge them with what God has to say. But the shepherds, what they do, it's a little bit different. Instead of challenging them, they kind of hold their hand and just walk them along through the process and kind of shepherd them to get them to the place where God wants them to go. And uh, last but not least, we have the teacher. So teachers, their role is to effectively communicate the biblical worldview and the scripture to God's people. They're the ones that are concerned about the theological truth, and they're the ones that, that want to stay scripturally sound. They're the ones that, that want to train and equip everyone with the gospel and have the curriculum and facilitate the small groups. And they're the ones that, that are like, you know, all these guys, prophets and apostles, they're all going out, but unless we're grounded in the scripture, we won't know what we're, they won't know what they're doing. So, so they're the ones that keep us grounded. So as we go through some of these, um, some of these roles may resonate with you. And you might think like, oh, that sounds like me. I sound like an evangelist or a prophet or you know, an apostle. It sounds familiar. Or you may look around the room and be like, oh, this, this person's a prophet or this person an evangelist. You see, some of us, you know, we understand uh, our identity in Christ. We may understand our identity in Christ, but we struggle with, our, with a lack of purpose. And we ask ourselves the question, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What are your gifts? What are your gifts? So just a show of hands, how many of you here think that you, you could be an apostle or that you resemble an apostle, the giftings of an apostle? You like going out. okay? How about prophet? How many of you guys like connecting to God and, uh, and calling people to obedience in his message? A few people. okay? How about uh, evangelists? How about evangelists? You like evangelists? Okay, a few evangelists. How about shepherds? You like taking care of people. All right, a lot of shepherds. How about teachers? Keeping people on the the word of God. Okay, great. That's wonderful. So you might, if you don't know what your gifting is, what you could also do is ask someone else. You can ask one of your friends, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what what you are. And now this doesn't mean that if you have a, a gift in one of these areas, this doesn't mean that if you're like, a prophet or an evangelist, you could say, oh, I, I, you know, I do, I'm just here to deliver the message or I'm just here to preach the gospel. I don't care about people or what the aftermath is. No, you can't do that. No. Uh, we're all supposed to exhibit all of these qualities together. You know, If we're a prophet or if we're a teacher, yeah, we still have to be shepherding. If we're a shepherd, yeah, that doesn't mean we can just stay in our flock. We still have to go out too. But it just means we may have something that's more dominant than the other. We have to operate in all of them. And that makes it strong. So all these gifts that we just talked about, they're all great individually. They're all great individually if you use them individually. But their full potential only comes out when they're combined together. Their full potential only comes out when they're co- combined together. So live out your purpose In community. Live out your purpose, community. Because when we live out our purpose and use our giftings in community, the gospel community of Christ becomes manifest. It becomes alive. That's how the early church functioned. You see, here in the West, we're so individual-focused, right? We're so, it's all about ourselves. It's all about our own gifting. It's all about our own stories. We come to church as individuals and we leave as individuals. But live out your purpose in community. So you guys remember those gifts I gave out to you, right? Do you still have them? I think Patrick's walking away with them. He's taking taking home. All right. So I'm going to ask Omar to collect them back and uh, bring them up to the front for me. Let's see. Let's see if we have we have them. Okay. Sorry, it's not a real gift if I if I have to take them back from you. So so we're going to collect all the all the gifts back. if We have them. Wait, give the Who gives out free, wa- free water these days? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Omar's going to help me. So he's, g- he's just going to hang out out here for a second. So, so all these gifts are, you know, okay. But we're going to see what happens when we combine them together. Okay. Let's let's see what happens. All right. So let's first start with this gift. Um, I wouldn't say it's a pint glass. It's a water glass. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see what's next. Okay. So we have another gift. It's water. Right. It's useful. So now we could put it in a glass. Maybe make it a little bit more useful. All right, so we got that. OK, what do we have next, guys? What do we have next? We got lemon, OK. I wasn't going to squeeze a real lemon, so, so I cheated here. So we got some lemon over there. All right, OK. We got some lemon. All right, what, what else do we have? We got sugar, OK. Alright, let's let's see. We got some sugar. Sugar is good on its own, but you know, let you know, let's see what happens when we put it in here. Oh, we got some sugar. Okay. What else do we have? Do you remember? Okay, we have a spoon. Alright, so we have a spoon. Alright, so so let's see what so so let's mix it up. I guess okay, so spoon's good, but now we can use it for something. Alright, we got a spoon. <clears throat> all right, so, so, so what do we have here now, now that we combined all these gifts that we have together? We have lemonade, right? Lemonade. <laughs> how, how many of you guys want to see Omar drink it? Any show of hands? All right, All right. sorry, it's a popular demand. Is this FTA approved? I, I don't know, try it. Let's see if it works. Right, it's okay. okay. I think the lemon juice has been in my fridge for a few months. I don't know. <laughs> It's one, of those, it's, it's one of those things you just use for it. No, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Let's give a hand to Omar. Thanks for uh, being a sport. Hey, Omar, can you take this too and uh, dispose of that, that thing? Okay. All right. So, so we had a bunch of gifts, and when we combined them, so while all these gifts were useful on their own part, when we combined them, they created something that was even more valuable than, you know, the, the, the components, right? They combine them. We could, if we packaged that, we could have sold that for like five bucks at Starbucks or something. So we combined it to create something new, something awesome. And what happened was when we combined it, it all these components were unified. They came together as one. You see, the reason, the reason we combine our gifts is because it represents the ministry of Jesus. The reason we combine our gifts is because it represents the ministry of Jesus. You see, Jesus was the apostle that was sent out in the world to represent his father. Jesus was the prophet who was the messenger of God, calling people back to obedience with God. Jesus was the evangelist who went out to bring to the Gentiles, to bring this message of hope. Of good news of Himself. Jesus was a shepherd. He was a good shepherd that took care of His flock and nurtured them and discipled them. And Jesus was a teacher who taught the law of God, revealing the new covenant to His people. You see, when we combine our gifts, we're unified. We're unified and we're effective in our ministry. To reconcile humanity to God. Live out your purpose in community. I'm going to invite uh, Josh and the band to come up to get ready for for communion. And my challenge to you today as we close, my challenge to you is to identify what are your two top gifts? What are your two top, top gifts? And if you're not sure, ask someone else. Maybe, maybe God's placed this gift in your life, but, but you haven't really recognized it because you haven't used it. Or maybe someone else looks into your life and, and sees a gift that you have. Develop them. Put them to use if he's given them to you. Use them in your church, in your community, in your missional community, in your neighborhood. And number two, don't just know your gifts But also identify what are the gifts of others in your community. It's not enough just to know your own gifts. It's important that you know the gifts of everyone else in your community because you want to affirm them. You want to affirm them in the gift that God has given you. Number three, how can you work together? How can these gifts be brought together to work together? If you're an apostle, how can you work with a shepherd? If you're a teacher, how can you work with an evangelist? If you're a shepherd, how can you work with an apostle? And lastly, ask, what community are you going to reach with the love of Christ together using these gifts? Maybe it's a town. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe it's the street that you live on. You see, when we looked at the the basketball team, the NBA professional team, they worked together as one mind, one body. They knew each other's gifts They knew each other's skills. They worked together. They passed to each other. Because they were working together for the same goal. Is that how our community works? Is that how our church works? Is that how the missional community works? Where we're so on sync, so unified together as one that we grow in maturity. My challenge to you today is don't be stuck anymore by yourself. It's so hard being alone. Don't be stuck by yourself. Don't lack purpose. because Your identity is found in Christ to make Him known. Don't be stuck by yourself. How amazing it is. How awesome it is that we get to be a part of this together. Discover your gift. Live it out. Learn. Do it together. Find your purpose in Christ and His mission because when you do, you understand what He's designed you for. Live out your purpose in community. I'm going to invite uh, Omar up to help uh, lead us with communion. We're going to go into a time of communion now. And as you come up and you take his body and his blood, we remember that we actually become a part. As a church, we are part of this, this, this body of Christ. We're not an individual. We're part of a community where we can serve together, where we can bring this good news together. Praise God that we're not all we don't all play the same position. Praise God that we we don't all have the same personality or the same gift. Praise God that we're all different we get to work together to bring others into his kingdom. So let's all sing together as we come forward to receive his body and his blood.